0: Good
1: evening, it's Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and welcome to another episode of Be Unique's Unscripted, where we talk to artists, musicians, performers, and business professionals. My name is Tony Taylor, I'll be your host for this evening. You know, you could spend your Thursday nights anywhere, and we are excited you're spending it with us. The conversation is cool, it's calm, and it's casual. You can also be a part of the conversation by dialing 516-418-5651. Now, before we begin, let's talk about why you need to get on your phone and go to BeUnique.org. That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org. Here's what BeUnique is all about. Our mission is to work today to change tomorrow using digital mediums to connect the world with professional storytelling and media production. We work to educate, inspire, and foster positivity Get comfortable and get ready to dial 516-418-5651 with your questions, comments, and whatever else you may want to say. Let's meet our guest. All right. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Unscripted. It's Thursday night. It's 9 o'clock. My name is Tony Taylor. With me tonight is a very, 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 very special guest. His name is Tom Biola. And he is a graphic novelist. He has written uh, several graphic novels, which we're going to discuss tonight. And uh, we uh, want to welcome Tom to the show. Tom, welcome to the show. How are you this evening?
2: I'm doing very well. Thank you very much, Tony.
1: All right. Well, it is a pleasure having you today. And um, what I guess I want to shoot right into is clear up a misconception that many people have about graphic novels. Graphic novels are not comic books. How are graphic novels different from a regular comic book?
2: Well, that is an interesting question because many times for people who are not familiar with graphic novels, I often uh, compare it to a comic book, only um, it is – not as, um, I don't know, flimsy. (laughs) I hate to use that word. Uh, uh, For example, my uh, graphic novels, uh, they generally run 100 pages, uh, which is more than most comic books. Um, And they generally contain about 200 uh, full-color images. Right. my stories are a bit more intricate than many comic books, um, but other than that, there is a, a very close analogy between comic books and graphic novels, at least in my opinion.
1: Do you think that comic that a graphic novel is is a format, or what do you think? It's a genre, or a genre? What do you think?
2: it's basically a novel with pictures. I mean, um, a graphic novel. I, I, uh, one of my, all of, uh, my four graphic novels out of the four of them, only one of them actually started out to be simply a novel. Um, the red, the rest of them, the other three were basically, uh, done ad hoc um now the problem i had was as i was writing that uh novel in essence i guess i got bored i mean i knew (laughs) the story in my head i knew the story in my head and it it was just a matter of typing it out onto a computer right And it was just words. Um, When I started doing graphic novels, it dawned on me, hey, I've got this other story that's dormant for years. Um, Maybe I could breathe some life into it with some illustrations. Once I did that, that story came dusted off, off the shelf. Okay, and had a whole new life as a graphic novel, and it and it became my fourth, and uh, right now my 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 last um, graphic novel. Were
1: you Tom? Were you trying originally before starting out with graphic novels? Were you originally trying to be a writer?
2: Never really thought of it, quite frankly. As I said, that one uh, novel that stayed on a shelf, it sort of bored me. And I guess if you're really a writer, <laughs> you don't get bored by writing. You um, no. so, so, I, so I guess, in essence, I really did not consider myself a writer. What had happened was actually quite accidental. Um, okay. Okay. When I was a, a kid in grammar school, I had this close friend who used to doodle on paper. You know, he'd take a pencil and paper, and his doodles would bring that piece of paper to life. It was nothing fancy. I not you wouldn't call it art. It was doodling. But I envied him so much that he could do that, and I couldn't. Right. Um, there was a television show. It was on a local TV station in New York City, and I assume it was syndicated elsewhere, called John Neggy. He was an artist. And he basically, his premise of his show was, I can teach you how to draw. <laughs> well, that really got my attention
0: <laughs> because I
2: couldn't draw. So, he wait said, a minute, wait a minute. I have to circle. interrupt you for a minute. I have to
1: interrupt you for a minute. Sure. You're telling me you could not draw.
2: I at all. still can't. <laughs> I still can't. And we'll get to that. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. <laughs> but I'm sorry to
2: interrupt. Um, Go ahead,
1: Tom. John Nagy, he was uh, teaching you how to draw. So
2: John Nagy is going to teach me how to draw. And he says, you could draw a circle and a straight line. I'm going to teach you how to draw the head of a cocka spaniel. Okay. Wow, that got my interest.
0: And okay. sure enough,
2: he drew this circle and a couple of straight lines. And I could do that. And I drew this head of a cocka spaniel. And it was great if you want the head of a cocker spaniel there isn't too much need for the head of a cocker spaniel i couldn't draw the body of the cocker spaniel <laughs> so all you had was this head looking at you of a cocker spaniel so i was really quite disappointed um, and uh many years later uh i'm now on the internet and I see this thing called Daz 3D, uh, which is three-dimensional uh, art. Right. And they put, they say, "Oh, anybody can do it." Well, I'm anybody, so I figure I can do it."
1: <laughs> I need to get that so, information from you at the end of the show because uh, that's I've always wanted to draw, and I've never been <laughs> able to draw ever.
0: You know, well, and I'm, and I'm well, looking at your
1: graphic novels, and I'm like, oh, my – wait a minute. You can't draw? Are you
0: kidding?
2: <laughs> I, um, so I uh, – check out this place on the internet. It's a free software that you download. I downloaded it. Right. And I find that with a little practice, I'm making some reasonable – uh illustrations, some characters. Um, now, 3D art, if I could describe it, uh, you know what a shadow box is? I do. Okay. Well, if you can imagine putting characters in a shadow box and props, um, you know, little statues and props, and then taking a camera and looking through that the lens of the camera and then taking pictures mm. that's basically what 3D art is you can go at any angle set up the uh your scene one way and take photographs what they call renderings from any different angle and you know you've got different pictures you could take from the front of the person, from the back of the person, you get the back, you know, the character's back of the head, or whatever you want, whatever you want to focus on. You could zoom in real close or zoom way back. Anyway, I'm starting to fool around with this thing, and I'm getting, I don't know, very basic. And I find out about a chat room. Uh, I think it was called the Dark Spot. And I go into this chat room and everybody in this chat room is using this program and they're showing off their works of art. Well, I was flawed; They were fantastic. Right. And I was almost embarrassed to show mine,
0: but I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: And people were giving me hints as to, you know, how to improve. Matter of fact, they were three particular people in that chat room, uh, a Larry Hunter, a Joe Baritz, and a John Wood. They sort of like took me under their wing. And my artwork was starting to improve, but I was looking for something more. So I started to put two or three images together to make a comical little joke. Well, they loved it for the first time. Everybody in the room was taking notice of what I was doing. Approval. Well, then I yeah. decided, yeah, well that, that that does wonders for the ego. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so now I started, uh, doing, uh, more images, so instead of just three or four, now I'm doing like maybe twelve, and I'm telling a little story. Um, it got to the point where I started doing them and giving them as gifts. I gave my son a little story. Um, he was uh, he, he was trying to set up something in his apartment and was having trouble uh getting a, a a couch through the uh, door of his apartment <laughs> okay so i said i i did this cartoon where i had him go to ikea and <laughs> sure enough there's boxes brought to his house from ikea Only he puts the couch together outside the apartment, and he still has the same problem of not getting (laughs) the couch through the doorway. So that kind of defeats the purpose. (laughs) Yeah, so that got a few laughs, and now I'm saying, you know, this is getting this is getting interesting. So now I do an even longer one. I do one. Uh, about this guy who goes to this neighborhood park. And at this neighborhood park, there is a statue. And he just loved this statue. And he took it upon himself to bring a ladder with him when he went to the park so that he could clear off the pigeon droppings off the... Uh, statue's shoulders a statue of a of a beautiful woman, and he 's doing this like you know uh, almost every other day cleaning up the the, the statue and he 's really getting emotionally attached to this statue well, one day he leans in, looks around, makes sure nobody's watching, and he kisses the statue on the lips well as he's kissing the statue on the lips the lips become warm and the statue's arms correct him and the next thing you know they're on the floor making love (laughs) okay Well, he uh, sort of Wakes up a bit, and he looks, and the statue is back up on the pedestal where she belongs. And he says, oh, this is too much. I, I, I got to stay away from this. Well, he manages to stay away from the uh, uh, park for a number of months. And finally, he, I simply got to go back. He goes back, and there's the statue, and she's pregnant.
0: Oh, no way. <laughs> so,
2: again, I'm I'm starting to say, hey, you know, these, these are getting pretty
1: interesting, these little stories. Absolutely, that is uh, interesting. I'm surprised you I haven't did a put a graphic one novel on, on, on that
2: one. that That is a great <laughs> idea. Well, I did another one for my son, um, and it was about this... Uh, pilot and his plane going down in the desert crash lands big fire and smoke and he barely gets out of there but uh he gets out without his boots the boots are all victims of the flames okay. and now he's walking on the hot desert sand and his feet are, bi- are burning um He walks a little further, and he's going, oh, my God, my feet. Uh, And he sees something in the sand, and he goes, uh, scrapes away some of the sand, and he finds these shoelaces. He's got no shoes on, so I don't know what the shoelaces are going to do, so he just puts the shoelaces in his pocket. He carries them along, and he keeps on walking. He walks a little further. And rubs his eyes because they can't believe what he's seeing. He sees this pair of boots in the sand with no shoelaces. Well, he's got the shoelaces. He puts the boots on. And now he can walk without his feet burning. So he walks a little further. And now he's getting really thirsty. The hot sun is beating down on him. And he looks. And again, he sees something in the sand. And it looks like a container of water, a jug of water. He runs over to it, lifts it, opens it up, but it's gasoline. Well, he can't drink gasoline. So what am I going to do? So he decides to carry it with him anyway. He carries it with him, and over the next several dunes, he finds this big tanker truck, a tanker truck of water. Well, he goes to try to get some water from the tanker, but the engine won't start because there's no gasoline. Ah, well, he's got this big jug of gasoline. So so he fills it up with uh, gasoline, starts up the engine, and now he's got all the water he can drink. Plus, he's got wheels to drive through the desert. Drives through the desert again, and he goes a little further, deeper into the desert. And finally, he runs out of gas. And where he runs out of gas, he finds, again, in the desert, this really loud colored blazer and a very unmatching tie. And he goes, I wouldn't wear this if I was a dead man. And he just leaves it there. (laughs) He keeps on walking, and over the next hill is a restaurant. He runs over to the restaurant and there's a big sign out front: jacket and tie required. Oh, okay. Well, he did, he left a jacket and tie there. He didn't want to carry that, so he's not going to eat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tom, that so Tom, i that, that, That's amazing. Keep going. Keep going. This is great.
2: Well, those, that's what got me started. So now I'm saying that, gee, you know, these were like about, uh, 12 or 15 images. Right. I thought, yeah, I wonder if I could do a graphic novel. Uh, and so I decided to try. And the first one I did was or die trying. Now, Um, When I started, I had no idea what the story was going to be about. I I knew the opening, and I knew some of the characters I wanted to create, which I did. And uh, where it was going to go, I had no idea. Uh, The characters and the environment sort of led me along down the story. Right. Um And I must say, I was probably influenced by Lord of the Rings. Okay. Because this, because this story is a bit of a quest, just as the Hobbits were on a quest in Lord of the Rings, only in this case, instead of Hobbits, it's Four Beautiful Women. Um... And uh, I do, I, I, I do favor having beautiful women in my <laughs> books, <laughs> and I'm sure and,
0: readers
2: uh, appreciate that. Well, well, some, uh, as long as you're old enough to appreciate that, right? And right. Your mother doesn't catch you reading it, <laughs> your your daddy's magazine, had uh, <laughs> because it's no, really not no meant for children. <laughs>
1: There's no fun in that, but
2: go ahead. I'm sorry. Ahead. I'm interrupting. <laughs> so um, in this story, uh, or die trying, um, there's these women go to sleep and, with their husbands or their mates and they wake up and the men are gone. No sign of violence they have weapons, but no, none of the weapons were used or touched. And, and this is all pre-industrial revolution. You know, this is, gotcha. these are really uh, villages. And um, the women, when they wake up, they're all looking. You know, where are the men? You know, where where, where are they? <laughs> and they uh, we don't know. So four of the women decide to band together. And they vow that they're going to find them and bring them home, or die trying. And obviously, that's where the title comes in. And that's where the title comes now, in. die trying. Right. Uh, part of the uh, the book uh, at that point, um, these women say, "Well, look, if we're all going to, you know, be a a group together, let's find out who we are and." What our background is, and so at that point you get to learn who the characters are. Right. Right. Uh, w- one of them, who is, I guess, uh, nominally the head of the group, uh, she's a African uh, woman, a, a, an excellent hunter, uh, and therefore she considers herself, you know, right for the this type of job. Another woman is uh, Oriental, and uh, she uh, has a, uh, a partner, and she misses him, and she really wants to find him, and she's an expert with a bow and arrow. Uh, another woman uh, is uh, expert with a sword, and uh, so she feels she's right for the the group. The fourth woman uh, says, "You know, I know nothing about fighting, but I can cook." Uh, <laughs> That's
0: good.
2: And they go, "Well, I, I guess we're going to need somebody to cook for us as we're we're going." <laughs> sure, and sure. So, so, so the uh, the Oriental woman says, "Well, I can teach her how to." Uh, fire a uh, bow and arrow and the other woman says well I guess I could sort of teach her how to use a sword. So they they start going on their merry way and just as they are leaving the town an elderly woman approaches them and say wait you have no idea the dangers that you're going to face um, my husband is a hermit and lives deeper into the forest Uh, take this uh, torch with you and as you get closer to him this torch will glow and lead you to him and uh, he can help you so sure enough they're going down the road and uh, torch starts to glow and the next thing you know a man comes out of the uh, woods and he's got the torch and it's glowing also mm-hmm. and he welcomes them into his hut and uh he's got a map now they have no idea you know they've they've never seen a map of their area so they have no idea what the area looks like and he sh- Explaining to them, well, this is where you need to go to get to where I believe your men might be. Uh, he tells the story of a siren, uh, and this siren used to sit on the rocks and used to sing her song and uh sailors would bring their ships there, crash them, and you know uh men were just attracted to her song and uh, he says most likely uh she is the one responsible, and she is now uh one of the amazons um and so most likely. They needed your men because their tribe is all women. So they said, in order for you to get there, you're going to have to go through the uh, land of the Cyclops. You're going to have to uh, go through other really treacherous areas. And they're showing all of the dangers that these four women are going to have to put up with. Um, just like in any quest mm-hmm. well uh, as they go as they pretty much agree that we're all right we're going to continue to go on this trip um, they start on their trip and they hear some, some uh, animals uh, they hear some uh, i don't know what, what was it uh, some howling or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they go looking and they don't see anything. But they see these like lions gnawing at this tree. And uh, they uh, still don't know what the lions are looking for. And then all of a sudden, on one of the branches, appears a well, it looks like a an elf uh who simply has the ability to become visible or invisible on mm. demand. And uh the women try to uh get the lions to leave the elf alone and come to them and the Asian woman, who is the great archer, she stands up there with her bow and arrow. And the other woman that she gave some lessons to, the cook, she's up there with her. <clears throat> well, the uh, the Asian woman kills her lion real quickly with one arrow. The other woman, she tries, but her arrow just like goes right into the ground. And uh, The lion is now almost on top of her. Well, she holds one of the iron. Rather than running, she just stands in place, and she's ready to fight off that lion with the arrow in hand. Well, luckily, the uh, Asian uh, woman reloads and kills that lion, too. But what impressed everyone was the fact that this woman didn't run, that she held her ground. And she was ready to fight to the death. Right. And uh, while one other woman, the woman who was the sword uh, expert, was saying, "Uh, we don't need her. We don't need her. I said, well, look, you you, you could teach a woman to use a bow and arrow. You could teach a woman to fight with a sword, but you can't teach a woman courage. That woman showed remarkable courage. We need her. And, um, As it turned out, uh, they go a little further. And this woman, the cook, she keeps on saying that, uh, you know, she hasn't, uh, she always prays to this deity or this um, patron that she has, patroness that she has. And uh, when she she was meeting with the hermit she had asked him "Do you know anything about this deity and he says yeah you're going to wind up passing her uh, place of residence along your way but when she when they get there Actually, I'm skipping a lot of sections, but i just, this is I just, no. Just this, spending this, this all night is really, talking about one book. <laughs> well, well, no,
1: no, no. Let me, let me stop you for a moment and ask. I mean, I had all these questions about background and stuff, and I, and I would like to explore that. But um, all of a sudden, I have a, I, I'm, my background is film and TV, and I'm wondering to myself, wh- is there a chance or would you have an opportunity or is there an outlet? Where you could possibly sell this as a movie, because I got to tell you something, I'm extremely interested in this, and I know of thousands of other people would be too, because I can't believe that this is your first novel, and how intricate, and how creative, and
2: how expansive this story is. Well, es- especially, since uh, I find it funny I- you you should mention that. Oh,
0: um, okay,
2: my, Do my tell. cousin. My cousin's son uh, had read this book and he says, wow, this would make a great
1: movie. I have a friend.
2: I have a, I have a friend who creates, um, who writes screenplays. Right. Um, You know, maybe he should do it. Now I looked into, you know, what it takes to write a screenplay. Right. And, It's a very precise formula.
1: But Tom, Tom, Um, we're talking about – but wait a minute, Tom. We're talking about a person who's a graphic novelist who couldn't draw. So I would not be intimidated by the screenplay. I mean screenplays are formulatic in the sense that they do have a distinct format as to how they'll be presented. But Tom, I mean – this this would seem very simplistic compared to what you've overcome already.
2: Well, the thing that I was, um, I, I I got to talk to this guy who was going to do, um, who might have done the screenplay. I said, look, a graphic novel is almost like a visual screenplay. It is. I mean, instead of saying what the scene is. You're actually yep. seeing it right in right. front of you. You know, uh, uh, who's talking? Well, you could see it right there as exactly. to who's talking. And it he is. agreed, and he says, all right, um, let me uh, look at it for a while. Which he did, and he did, and he did, and he did. I mean, this guy never did squat. And uh, well.
1: Uh, I would like and, to offer my services so, because I do that, but okay, <laughs> shameless self plug there, Tom. Sorry, um, but no, I'm. I'm hey, look, I'm if, you, if you could,
2: if you could take that, I think this one is the most. But you know, it's also expensive to to produce something like this.
1: But Tom, I mean, I mean they just spent over four hundred million dollars on Avatar two. I, I think yeah. money is not an object when you have such a great story, and I'm not just saying that. This is a story that has taken thought. This is a story that is complex. This is a story that captures our time because uniquely so, you have placed the burden of the hero as a female. And, And that is what is expanding now as we look at movies and as we look at TV. There's been more, you know, since the Me Too situation arrived, there's been more of a look at, you know, why not? You know, why not make the female yeah. the, the, the lead? Why not make them the hero,
2: heroic? Not why all, not make this strong female, as but I have a black female, an oriental right, female? Right,
1: <laughs> right. And, and I'm listening, and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm listening. That's why I was so quiet because I'm following this story. And I'm listening to this going, this has all the elements of it, either an Amazon.com movie or a Netflix. Because, I mean, the story, this is an intricate story which is dependent on characterization, dependent on substance and plot. And, I mean, Tom, you know, this wasn't an avenue I was going to go down with you. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> but just listening, <laughs> but, just, but, just, but, but uh, with my movie background and everything, I, 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 I just can't help but to think that this would make an incredible movie
2: well i tell and you I, uh you can go to uh kindle uh amazon uh, kindle um right. and you could uh download the kindle version free uh and are you listening producers no. out there are you listening
0: okay sorry <laughs> go
2: ahead so you could uh i mean because actually i'm uh really just Skipping around in the story, uh, there's so much that I've uh, jumped over, like the, the battle but, between but you, the one-eyed sant and the two-eyed uh, But, Tom, you've giant. captured
1: interest, and you've captured interest, and that is what every great story does, is it captures interest. And I've got to ask you, what were you doing before you unleashed this creative mindset that you have? What were you originally planning to do with your life before all of this took place?
2: Well, actually, I've been retired. Uh, I
0: I have a master's degree from
2: Columbia University in international law. Oh. So my first job out of Columbia was as a member of the U.S. delegation to the United Nations. And I worked I worked for people like Andrew Young, uh Don McHenry, uh she Patrick. Um, and um when uh when I got married, uh I was planning on uh you know, a career in the uh State Department foreign service which would be overseas. Well, my wife wasn't really, you know, uh, in favor of living in potentially third world countries trying to raise kids. Right. So as it turned out, I got an offer from the governor of New York to join his staff. Uh, At that time, it was Governor U.L. Carey. Okay. And um, I was his deputy press secretary in charge of (laughs) downstate. Uh, New York City, Westchester, that area. And uh, I did that until he uh, decided that he wasn't going to seek reelection, And then I became the housing press secretary for Governor Mario Cuomo, the father of the previous yes. governor. Yes. Yep. And I did that for 12 years. Uh, and again, nothing like minute. having
1: a non-exciting life, Tom.
2: <laughs> Talk about excitement! I uh, I sat in the I, I sat in the back of a car with uh, Rosa Parks. Oh my um, gosh! I oh my I, gosh. I worked at uh, this uh, is I amazing. worked with Paul Newman. Um, this is amazing. I. Uh, I was at the home of Andy Warhol, and you're worried um, about
1: writing a screenplay? Really? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Tom, listen to your resume. I mean, I'm here to tell you, as a writer and as a person who has written several screenplays, you've got no problem. <laughs> 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 you, you, you got no problem. And I'm sitting here going. This is only, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, this is only his first graphic novel. He has three more out there.
2: That, that is, are, Matter of fact, uh, when I mentioned uh, in the story that this woman has this patroness or deity, winds up that it's her mother, and there <laughs> is a... There, there, there is a element in this story that I wind up using in another book. It seems that uh, in this story, there is a um, supernatural. uh, There is a a power that extends from mother to daughter, the eldest daughter, upon the death of the mother, and it's just passed down at at death. So when she finds out that this is her mother, and it's this deity almost, uh, and the mother says, look, you're going to be uh, in some really deep shit. You know, <laughs> you're you're going to have dangers that you knew nothing about. Uh, right. You need all the help you can get. So she then pulls out a knife and kills herself so that oh, the daughter no now way. will inherit her powers. And they're really quite um the only thing she can't do she can't use her powers to kill uh but oh, okay. she can use her powers to save lives, and so for the rest of the quest, this cook who had no uh, I love that value other than
1: cooking I love that aspect
2: now winds up being a prime uh player in this story
0: I love that. I, Tom, uh, I love
2: that and uh in one of my other books uh which is um a to Molly, which is like the most evil person ever to That's exist, your third evil that's woman your third book right that's your third book that's my third book. She okay. starts out the same way, uh also from the same lineage of where they pass down powers from daughter from mother to the oldest daughter. Well, the problem is that she, she had a twin sister who is just a few moments older than her. Well, she's very jealous of that, so she kills her sister. And now she make, that makes her the heir apparent. And then right. she kills the mother, so she gets all of the power. That's in the spiritual model. That's a different story, but it's Tom, just that can I you, I, can you,
1: I sort can of you liked on that concept
2: time? and I used it. Yeah. Can you hold on one second? I got I
1: got to do this.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I I'm I'm totally in awe of the, the, these stories. I, I really am. Alan Moore's got nothing on you. Um, I I I, I, I gotta say, I I really am. And 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 this is really taking a bizarre twist tonight because I mean I'm I'm talking to a person who not only has created this world in one novel, moved on to a second book, Fang and Claw. I love the Fang and Claw plot. It's about an ongoing war between vampires and, and, and werewolves. I, well, actually, I, I that, think
2: that if if you heard of Underworld, there was yes. a series of movies.
1: Yeah. That had the same right.
2: principles. So I sort of stole yeah. that. Yeah, uh, the, but at I least mean, the that notion
1: is, that is a plot line that's wide open though. That could be yeah it's
2: millions of stories.
1: That could be millions of stories. A lot
2: of yeah. my a lot of my stories and, and you might have uh, witnessed it in the first story, a lot of it I steal from Greek Roman mythology great artist the siren right the the, the siren from uh or die trying um in uh the fang and claw i come up with a totally different way of creating the first vampire um now if, if you remember from some of the mythology there was always this uh thing where um the uh, the greek god uh zeus would visit earth for a little dalliance with women and his wife hera would get quite upset well in this case there's a uh a woman who wants to have a child very badly, but because she is a, uh, a wood spirit, they don't conceive children. They don't have children. And so she's praying to Zeus, and Zeus basically says to her, all right, what is it that you want? And she says, well, I want to have a child. Well, he says, well, you know, if you have a child, then you're going to have to become human. And if you become human, that means you're going to wind up, you know, having your life end eventually. As a wood spirit, you live forever. So she says, I'm willing to pay that price. So she says, all right, you go to this specific cave and you wait for me there. All right. So uh, she goes to the cave and... Uh, He shows up, and they have sex. And the next thing you know, there's a bird flying right above them. Well, He recognizes the bird as something that Hera often uses as guys. And so he turns into a lion, and he runs away. Ew. And the bird then turns into Hera, and Hera tells this woman, you you may have, you know, his seed, but your child is going to be cursed. He will never be able to, you know, uh, walk in the sunlight. He will, you know, um, she goes on and on describing uh, how um, difficult it's going to be for her son uh, because he's you know, the son of Zeus, and she's very jealous about that. Well, she starts to cry and cry, and another one of the deities comes down and says, well, all right, what's your problem? Well, my son, you know, she placed this curse on my son. He says, all right, well, I'll tell you what. Let's see what we can do. Uh, i tell you, um, your son is going to be uh invincible uh he he will not die um, and women will be always attracted to him um, and uh oh yeah, one of the curses also was that he had to live by drinking blood um, mm. and uh so. That, in essence, defines the vampire and, that
1: that, that uh, is a definite that is a definite new twist um, uh, on, yeah. on on the lore. Hey Tom, I mean, listening to these plots, listening and seeing and seeing what you've produced, I know out there there are a lot of kids and a lot of adults that aspire to be graphic novelists. Is there any advice that you can give them? As to how to begin becoming a graphic novelist,
2: do what you like. Um, whatever type of story you like, whether it's a uh, you know something uh, like a, a Christmas story or uh, an animal story or whatever you like uh concentrate on that. Uh, once you have your character, whether that character is a turtle or um, you know uh, or, or a little boy, uh, give as much information about that character. What does that boy like? What does he do? How does he spend his time? Tom, uh, do you do
1: backstories? Uh, do you do backstories on your characters?
2: Uh, Pretty much so, you know, as, as I was uh, saying, uh, when the four women got together, before right. they can take off, they said, well, let me know something about each one of you. And that's what they did. They actually told the story of how they got to be where they are. Um, and then also their character winds up being also defined as the story goes on. Right. But I've already known it, you know, in my mind well, you, I already know who that character is.
1: Obviously. And you were talking about though how the story kind of led you. Correct? Am I am I do I understand yeah. that correctly? So I mean That's you these, um you you know these people so well in and, and in and, and in your descriptions of your novels. Um you can obviously tell that. I mean, you know these characters,
2: you, you know uh what they like, what they don't like right. uh, and you know if they're walking down a road, what they're gonna see what what might attract them, what right. they may respond to uh, how right. they would respond um, so all of that comes out and uh, whether you're writing the story or illustrating the story or doing both, um, have, have have your characters first and foremost. Understand who your right. characters are, because they right. are the, the substance of your story. Right. Gosh.
1: Tom, you've nailed it. You've actually, you've really nailed it tonight. I got to tell you, as a as a would be writer, I guess, I I I have learned so much from from speaking with you and and learning about how you've developed these novels. I mean, these are these are well thought out, creative, intricate novels. That, again, I'm going to say um, unabashedly that uh, you really should consider uh, movies because um, these are stories that make good movies. And with all of the outlets we have out there now, you know, with Hulu, with and Netflix, with uh, Amazon, I mean these are stories that are definitely, definitely made to be movies. And I don't know where this came from with you, with your background as described.
0: <laughs> but um, my last
1: my last question is in the few minutes we have, because I this is sorry, folks, this is me wanting to know. Um, where do you get your ideas?
2: That's a good question because, like I said, uh, with three out of the four graphic novels. Uh, I had no idea where the story was going. So where Can I stop I got you? My that, that is
1: just unbelievable yeah. to me. That is just unbelievable to me. I have to stop you there for a minute because, I mean, this is something that, I mean, just or die trying alone is something that is completely well thought out. Um, that has a beginning. I mean, it has all the essentials for what a movie should be and it's it's hard to believe that you know
2: <laughs> that you
1: were were following a map that you were writing as you were
0: writing <laughs> i'm sorry well, it, it really it, is amazing I, I know
2: i i knew as i was doing this that there had to be conflict uh yeah. and actually in it's my drama. books there's drama. several conflicts uh right. every few pages there's a new conflict and the the conflicts um, bring out the characters, right. uh, absolutely. Like we, we found that the cook had a lot of guts, and, and I and, love and that aspect.
1: I love that you took because that she
0: stood up to yeah. that
2: lion that's coming right. at her.
0: Right. Um,
2: and there was—I didn't know that before I started the story that that was going to come out. You, you had you no know, idea,
1: uh, really. You did not know. I, that.
2: Hadn't, I, hadn't, I had no idea. But I did know that I wanted to make this cook uh, more important as the story went on. Uh, and, and that was basically because of her uh, goddess uh, mother. You know, this courage element, uh, where did she dream that up from? Right. Know, where did she get that from her cooking experience, you know? Um but well, she got it was it. something that as i was creating the situation i wanted her to stand out because the 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 woman who was the sword expert she was basically saying look we really don't need this other woman i mean you know she can't and contribute that's,
1: that's what kind of threw me at the beginning when i was listening to that was that you know here we have this character that you build up to be the hero, to be the person that's going to stand out, and all of a sudden, you take this left turn, and you go to this person, you go to this character who we don't think much of because of what we know, and then all of a well, sudden... Well, to jump, jump ahead
2: to, 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 right. to uh, go on that uh, characterizations, like I said, the, the woman who is the sword fighter, she wasn't too crazy about the cook. Anyway, um, at one point, uh, when they're in a battle uh, in this stronghold where the Amazons are, an arrow is unleashed and it's going straight towards the the cook. And the sword fighter, she throws her body in front of the arrow and takes the arrow and dies. Because they, along this, trek they've sort of become closer and she saw how right. valuable she is
1: right and right
2: so out of the four the sword fighter is the one who dies well they've now freed all of their townsmen and so now her partner is carrying her dead body back home or towards home and they bury her and mm. on the tombstone is uh she, uh, uh she tried hard and died trying.
1: Tom, I've got to stop you there because we have a few minutes left. I've got to get the information out for all of the folks that are listening. Please tell us where we can reach you, how we can get to your work, and what's next.
2: All right. Well, number one, you had asked about the uh, art. The program that I use, uh, right. and that's Gaz, DAZ D A Z three D like in dog uh, dot com, and like I said, you can download it free. Uh, they give you some free props, but then you know, of course, later on, as you want to buy more props, that's how they make right. their money. Right. They sell you additional right. props, but right. you. Like I said, it is free, and you can get to work on it. You can make some very basic things with the freebies that they give right. you. Um, so, again, let's, let's talk about you. 3D. Now, me. Uh, I'm available on Facebook at uh, uh, it's Tom Viola um, on on Facebook. Um, my Email is tomviola428 at gmail.com. So if anybody wants to reach out to me, absolutely, um, they absolutely. can. Uh, my four books, um, you know, if you go to amazon.com and by author Tom Viola, it's Or Die Trying. Um, Bang and claw. one is Fang and Claw. Then Espiritu uh, Mali*, and the last one is *New Beginnings*.
1: Tom, let me let me ask you this: Would you mind on a later day coming back because we have so much more to talk about? And I have appreciated all of the time you've spent explaining your story, showing what you know. Forgive my first question because you were. You were very, you were very uh, humble about saying it's more than a comic book. It is more than a comic book. Your stories are very much more than a comic book, and um, I, I've got to tell you, I am inspired, and I am just, in overly impressed as to the thought, the intricacy, and the amazing storytelling that you are able to convey in your novels. And we have not had enough time, so I hope you will consider. I hope you will consider definitely coming back on the show because I'd love to have you back. Would you do that? Uh, of course. All right. Well, Tom Viola, listen, thank you so much for a great evening, a creative evening, and an inspiring evening. And I've, I've got to tell you, I, I, am, I am definitely on my way to Amazon because uh, you have hooked me with or die trying. So, um, everybody, and really, Tom, consider, consider movies. I, I, I think you
0: have
2: Well, Dan, yeah, look, look what come. Marvel did with their comic books. Look That's at
1: the uh, movie saying. empire they created. <laughs> That's what, and, Tom, there's no reason you can't. So, yeah. think about it. And, Tom, thank you very much for being with us this evening.
2: I, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tony. It's been a All pleasure. Right.
1: All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tom. All right. Take care. Bye. Have a good
0: night,
1: folks. I pushed the wrong. Sc- I pushed the wrong button for the for the theme, so I'm going to correct that right now and I'm going to play the theme. Uh, So I appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate you uh, tuning in to Unscripted, and um, I hope you have a great week, and uh, we will definitely, definitely uh, be back uh, next Thursday. So thank you very much for joining us, and we seem to have some technical issues, so I cannot play the theme. So my name is Tony Taylor. You've been listening to Unscripted on Be Unique Radio. Thank you very much for tuning in. We hope you'll tune in next Thursday or get us online at, uh, at beunique.org. Thank you very much, folks. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon.